Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of Sustainability Savvy. Today, our topic is going to be on greenwashing. So some of you might be familiar with this term, but if not, greenwashing is this concept of sort of like false advertising or misleading advertising where a company or an individual will try to use vague or sometimes even inaccurate claims to convince a consumer or customer that they're more eco-friendly than they actually are. So obviously this is something that if you are trying to be more sustainable in your purchases or your choices, then that's going to deter you, but only if you know about it, which sometimes it's really hard to tell. So I want to break this down a little bit more today and talk about ways that you can spot greenwashing, examples of companies that use greenwashing. Um, Unfortunately, the list is quite long. (laughs) Um, And some better alternatives to those companies where you might be able to find them and all of that, such and such. So first, I want to talk about some examples here. A couple of the big offenders, especially fast fashion does this a lot, um, or just, you know, fashion clothing companies in general. But one big culprit of this is definitely H&M. And a lot of their products might be having like green tags that say eco-conscious or some of them will be like 100% organic cotton And they're usually these green tags that are very bright and sort of eye-catching. And, you know, they want to make you feel like you're making a better choice um, with your spending by picking those products and shopping at their company. And unfortunately, a lot of their practices have not been backed up by fact. They still use factory labor. Um, And even things like organic cotton... Just because it's organic does not make it better for the environment necessarily or anything like that. And that can, of course, be a confusing concept in and of itself, that organic is not necessarily better for you or for the environment. But that is another topic for probably a whole other episode. And aside from H&M or fashion companies, companies like Coca-Cola do it um, with the Recycle Me bottles and things like that talking about how their plastic is 100% recyclable. And it's like, that's not really helpful in the grand scheme of things. Usually only about 10% of things that are actually thrown in the recycling bin get recycled. And it's better to cut that off at the start, you know, nip it in the bud and make the bottles out of something else like glass or even um, aluminum cans are a better option for recycling because a lot of plastic doesn't easily get recycled and it degrades over time so the more and more and more it gets recycled it's going to be less high quality and they're not going to want to use it anymore so it's got a finite lifetime in a sense and they don't do a good job of actually making strides for sustainability but they want you to think that they are even though coca-cola is the largest plastic polluter in the world so 
Not to say if you like Coca-Cola, don't drink it, but just an example. So don't fall for their, you know, schemes, I guess, in that sense. And think that, you know, the recyclable bottle is even necessarily going to be recycled in your area because so much of that depends on your local recycling um, plant abilities and your local waste management. So you can find that information online through your city's website and things like that. But, you know, they don't, Coca-Cola doesn't care about whether or not you find that out. They want you to think that they're doing a good job. Another great example, well, awful example, I suppose, is um, a lot of food items like eggs and beef, like eggs when it says free-range chickens, that really only means that they have to have access to the outside. So in reality, what that looks like most of the time is a big warehouse full of hundreds of chickens stepping all over each other and pooping all over each other with a few little teeny little doggy door type openings where they can get to the outside. Um, and it's really not the cute little farm that they have on the packaging or you know, that people envision in their minds, unfortunately. And so it can be really difficult to tell when a company is greenwashing and when they're trying to mislead you because obviously they pay people a lot of money to come up with those ideas and those strategies. So I definitely want to spend today's episode educating you on ways to spot that and other ways to buy more sustainably if that's something that you're looking to do, which I, of course, hope it is. So one thing is definitely looking for vague words, um, especially like sustainable, like I mentioned with H&M conscious or eco-conscious, eco-friendly. Those are all super vague and there is no definitive um definition really for what those mean and so they can't really be proven as false necessarily and so the companies kind of if they're trying to greenwash their product and make you think that it's so sustainable and whatever then they might throw those words onto that product and like i said even words such as organic or natural can be really misleading um because even the FDA, I'm, of course, speaking about the U.S., but the FDA here doesn't have a... Natural is not, it's not what you think it means. <laughs> and it, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, unprocessed or grown from the earth or any of that stuff. It, it's really confusing. But... Basically, if you see natural on a product, it usually means nothing, which is so frustrating, and I totally understand that, and it's honestly not like I haven't fallen for these things myself. You know, as a college student, I would shop at H&M sometimes because it's fairly affordable, and I was like, oh, they're doing these things to try and, you know, make their clothing more eco-friendly and have better business practices and stuff, but in a lot of ways, that's really misleading, like I said. And it's it's a battle every day because obviously people are coming up with new strategies to try and 
get you to buy their product without actually doing anything to improve their business practices. Um, So another thing I want to talk about within that is when you kind of go to your normal local grocery store, like a Target or a Walmart or a Kroger or Aldi, um, Trader Joe's even, a lot of those products are all sold by the big large conglomerate companies that sort of own like 99% of all consumer products on the market. And at the end of the day, with that in mind, you know, companies like PG&E, Johnson & Johnson, Unilever, your money is probably going into the same pockets regardless of your choice in that sense. And that's not to say that one product is not better than the other. Like, for example, you know, choosing a natural dish sponge that is made from an actual sponge from the sea is better than a plastic sponge. But that doesn't necessarily mean that company-wise you're choosing a more sustainable company because unfortunately people will say, you know, vote with your money and things like that but it's sort of this illusion of choice and that doesn't mean that we don't have any options and that we can't make the best of our options so you know if you see a product at the grocery store or you know in the cleaning aisle that says you know maybe it comes in a glass bottle instead of plastic or um is biodegradable things like that it it definitely can be a better option so I don't want to discourage people from choosing those but I will say sometimes it's just not doing however much you think it's doing and I want to make people aware of that because the first step to making those choices actively is understanding the background behind it and that can be really frustrating Um, And so I want to bring up the concept of a life cycle assessment. And these are something that are professionally used behind the scenes a lot of times in things like the automobile industry. And pretty much any, you know, sustainability professional will know what an LCA or life cycle assessment is. But basically the concept is thinking of the life cycle of a product. And so... What that means is, you know, if you're thinking of a piece of paper, it comes from a tree that gets cut down and goes to a plant, gets turned into paper, gets shipped out to people. Maybe it's printed on or written on or whatever. Maybe it's recycled a few times and then at the end of its life, it's probably thrown away or, you know, something like that. And that would be... It's a very simple um, example of a life cycle assessment. So even just thinking about when you're buying a product, kind of doing your own internal life cycle assessment sometimes can be helpful. And trying to think about, you know, where does this product come from? What materials was it made out of? What's going to happen to it when it's discarded? How can I discard it properly in a way that it might be reused or recycled Um, and 
all of that can help you to choose products that are going to be more eco-friendly in the long run. Even if you're not a sustainability expert, that's something that you can actively think about when you're shopping, booking a flight, booking a trip, you know, whatever you might be doing. And like I said, when buying a trip, even it's relevant to that because a lot of these companies might make a claim and say that they're zero waste or carbon neutral, things like that. Um, And a lot of that has to do with carbon offsets, which is sort of a concept where um, almost like buying a credit and people or companies can buy... Um, let's say $500 in offsets and usually it'll go through another company that sells these and they'll say, great, for $500 we'll plant 20 trees and those 20 trees will take up one ton of carbon. These are not exact numbers or anything, I'm just using this as an example. But it gets really into the nitty gritty sometimes with that because it's very hard to prove that their action like whatever it might be sequestration planting trees planting other sorts of vegetation they're actually taking up the amount of atmospheric carbon that they say because it all really just depends on you know especially with plants like what types of plants they are and how they're being fed and watered and where they're planted and Is it a forest or is it just that one type of tree that's being planted in rows in a certain area? All that stuff makes a really big difference in how much carbon is actually being um, sequestered or stored like in the plant or, um, you know, with some other method of doing that. And so carbon offsets can be kind of fishy, I guess I would say. Or, you know, they can be a little shady, I guess, at the end of the day. And some companies will really kind of rely on that to be like, look, we're carbon neutral. Or, you know, zero waste can kind of mean a lot of things if you don't closely dissect it. So I would say, you know, tread lightly and try to do your research on a company or product beforehand if you are interested in that or if you can one app that i really like to use myself is called good on you and it's specifically for clothing and fashion brands um but they give a overall rating um out of five stars on how sustainable and ethical a company is And so they'll look into their labor practices, their material sourcing, their, you know, recycling efforts, things like that. And and give it a rating out of five stars on how ethical that company's practices are or how good their labor and environmental impact are. And so, you know, four stars is like pretty good. Five stars is great. You know, something like two is definitely not good. So that can definitely be a great resource for specifically for fashion and, you know, like design related companies. Um, Usually it only works for kind of big names like H&M, Forever 21, Zara, Reformation, things like that. 
it does vary a lot in price point and stuff but they also have some great companies on there that you can discover that are a lot more sustainable plus you know it could be something new for you to try with your style or things like that so it definitely offers some benefit in that sense um another one that i really like is an app called think dirty and some people really get into the weeds on this app because trying to buy the most natural products and stuff like that and I want to say that not all chemicals are bad. Um, some of them are necessary for the formulas that we like with most of our products, like with the lathering up of soaps and, you know, things like that. Um, dishwashing liquids, like having grease fighting agents in them. You know, they they can definitely serve a purpose without being harmful. But Think Dirty is an app that can sort of tell you if a product has chemicals that may be harmful or that are kind of in a gray area that aren't researched so well. So it can kind of make recommendations on that to help you choose products that are going to be hopefully better for you and better for the environment. So that's definitely something to look into if you're interested But there are tons of other apps out there that are similar to these or that have a a similar concept for trying to fact check products before you buy and just be a smarter consumer overall. But like with most other things, I will say it's best to use multiple sources. So don't, you know, use these things as an end all be all, but they're definitely a great resource if that's something that you're looking to do. In addition, I want to add that some of the best places to buy from, the most ethical places, are going to be local businesses and small businesses that, you know, it can even be online stores and Etsy shops, things like that. But smaller companies are usually better with their practices a lot of times because they are taking that time and they have that mission in mind and so a lot of times they grow slower than you know these big conglomerate corporate entities that own 50 percent of the market or stuff like that so definitely check out your local farmers markets craft fairs swap meets um Things like that where you can find those companies, those businesses, and invest in your local economy and your local community, as well as ideally making a smarter purchase for yourself and for the environment and things like that. Um, I know that a lot of this can sound kind of daunting, and hopefully I helped to break it down for you in this episode to make it more digestible and more achievable. But I just want to say, like I have said before and probably will continue to say, that I don't want to guilt trip anyone for their purchases or for their choices, especially when a lot of this information is so hard to find or like with greenwashing, companies are intentionally trying to get you to believe incorrectly that they are doing more for the environment or for the common good than they actually are 
And that is why I want to use this platform to educate people on these issues and offer some solutions to that so that you can be informed and make your own choices and feel good about what you're doing. So just keep in mind the things that I talked about in this episode next time you're at the store or looking to buy a new dress or book a trip somewhere that, you know, there are definitely ways to buy smarter and also there are options out there and you don't have to feel powerless even though I know sometimes that is what people want you to believe or what it seems like. Um, You definitely have power with your money, with your time, with your brain power, and you can make a difference. So definitely check, check things out before you are buying them if that's something that you have time and interest in doing. Um, And it doesn't have to be really intensive. Like I said, there are even apps out there that can help you. So take that as you will. And I hope everyone listening stays sustainability savvy. And please tune in for the next episode. Please let me know if you have ideas or wants on things that you want to hear me talk about on this podcast next. And as always, please share with your friends, get the word out as much as you can, and we can all make a difference if we actually try. And that's what being an imperfect environmentalist is all about. None of us are perfect, but if we all just do our best, then it's better than doing nothing. And I guarantee we can make a dent. So thank you again for listening and keep it sustainability savvy. Bye!